0: for something new uh, is time we're coming through uh, uh, welcome to the conversation
1: welcome to the conversations with jason campbell and henrietta galena
0: how are
1: you i am when, well henrietta we've been traveling again
0: <laughs> it never stops i'm not even gonna pretend it's because it was the summer holidays
1: oh my word but it's strange how it seems like between Oh, every broadcast, every recording rather, we are we go somewhere and we come back to speak about it. However, we're not going to be talking about travel this time. We are we actually have a guest.
0: I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we have a we have a really, really wonderful guest. Um, we're excited to be joined by Edward Buchanan, the design extraordinaire. welcome.
2: Design extraordinaire. What what an introduction!
1: Yes, my dear design extraordinaire. I I truly, I truly (laughs) am a fan.
0: As someone whose core wardrobe, I'd probably say about seventy percent of my wardrobe is knitwear, and I live for comfort. You're literally like iconic to to myself and my wardrobe. So welcome. And
1: full disclosure, Edward is a very close friend of mine, and I know those feet. I know the the work very well, and and. Blessed to have several, several pieces. In fact, I was fully swathed in Santavino say yesterday, yesterday. So yes, yes, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm also a fan um, of you and your design, So we're very thrilled to have you here in New York having- um, to 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 chat. We're gonna we're gonna have a chat this morning, right. Edward.
0: <laughs> and so for those people who are listening, who might not be as familiar with your overall story, mm-hmm. do you want to just tell us a bit about? Um, I guess what you're up to now, but okay. I guess firstly how you got
2: there. Sure, sure, and brief. I'm 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 a fashion designer. Um, you know, I want to I to state that right now. You know, I mean, there's like all these titles flying
1: around from everyone. You know, creative directors and I'm a fashion designer. You're not multi-hyphenate. I was going to say designer.
0: most people are actually getting away from that. They specialise. like, but I also am the 17. I know. Think. I do many actually... things, but I'm a fashion designer. Okay. okay. I have my own
2: company which I do creative direct, but I'm a fashion designer by trade. Let's not be confused. (laughs) Let's not be confused. Uh, Essentially, I'm from Ohio. I I actually studied fine art and illustration at um, a college in Columbus, Ohio. Prior to even thinking that I was going to be a fashion designer, so I had a background in art history and and fine art and illustration. Fast forward um, after I graduated from Columbus College of Art and Design, to come to New York City. Um, I was a country boy. So I arrived in New York City by way of visual merchandising. I was doing windows. I was a window dresser.
0: I used to do visual merchandising too. Yeah,
2: yeah that's, that's <laughs> always
0: a, that's an, an interesting link in
2: for, for, for artists. Yeah. It's an interesting link because it allows you to process and see things in, in different ways. So that was my link because I needed money to actually arrive in New York City. So I was doing windows at The Gap and I started doing windows for Giorgio Armani. After almost a half a year here, I decided I was going to go back to school. So I entered into school, Parsons. School of Design, as a fashion designer, graduated in, in, in good standings, <laughs> let's say, still doing windows in order to pay for school, but at this at the time, a friend of mine named Roger Patterson, who's still a very close friend of mine, was also doing windows for Bottega Veneta. And he told me one day, listen, Bottega Veneta, I met the owners and they're looking for a regular designer. I was like, I I had no experience. I mean I've interned, I was interning. I entered the Michael Kors, um, I was working in, in drawing Ill- as an illustrator for Calvin Klein, on Karen, etc. etc. but I wasn't prepared for this kind of experience, um, nor was I necessarily interested in Bottega Veneta. At any rate, I put together a portfolio, I met the owners, and two weeks later I was flying to Vicenza as a design director of Bottega Veneta. I was at Bottega Veneta for almost seven years, um, and then I started as a consultant on <laughs> brands. I launched my first collection called The Flesh, which was a creative luxury collection that I did with the um, my soulmate, Manuela Moran, the who door. you know very well. Yes. And we did that for several years, continued as a consultant, and then I started my current project, which is Sensuvino Say, or 6. Sensuvino 6 is a, I, I always say knitted situations and things because it is based on knitwear, meaning fully fashioned knitwear and cut and sew knitwear. It's strange for me to call it a lifestyle brand, they're, they're separate. Um, it is the left and the right side of my, my brain, so it's a very kind of falls naturally off of my hand. Um, I, I initially started this project for the people that were surrounding me. It was there was no you know kind of like conceptual idea to kind of like fill in space. It was really a selfish, very selfish project when I first started it, but has developed into a um, it's still a, a very quiet brand, but you know we, we distribute worldwide. A lot of things are happening, I've been in and out of business, I've been on the curb, on top of the curb, over the curb, <laughs> I know you different backers and finances, but, but it is my passion project and, and, and we're going forward in a very interesting and
0: beautiful way. A lot of interesting things are happening. So much there. So there like that. Yeah, there,
1: there's definitely so much there. Okay, well, I'm going to launch in uh, because I'm trying to see. I want to get an understanding of how typical or not your story is. And you know, let's break it open. Edward is a is a black man. He's a black. He's not just a black designer, but he happens to be a black man. And so it's interesting. There are very few black people who have held a luxury. Um, post that being the one that you held at uh, Bottega Veneta, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to understand with the with the sort of resume that you have outlined, how would you say that your trajectory is usual or not? Uh, you,
2: you, it's interesting that you say that because I also think that even when I was in New York City, I, I when I when I was finishing school, I was meeting with with companies. Gordon Henderson, who was in essence my mentor, he was the one that whatever you my thimble, was able to put me in front of all of these houses in, 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 in New York. And, and that was special. I was very lucky because he took a, a liking to the work that I was doing and he thought that um, the work that I was doing was appropriate for New York houses. So I met with the Calvin Klein, I met with the Donna Karen, I met with you know all of these houses, um, Ralph Lauren. Even then, at that time, and this is like, what, 90-something, you know, walking in those spaces, I was one of you were one probably one <laughs> I know there was a black one there was one no no no, no there was a black designer at Dona Karen but I, I I wasn't maybe as um, sensitive but like, because I didn't know. You didn't know I didn't know it was like very nice. new to me so I was walking in these spaces thinking oh my god you know, if I have a great book they're gonna hire me right. Right. they were like Get out of here.
0: <laughs> Get
2: out. <laughs> like, yeah. then you would send your portfolio in and it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and then you show up at the door. And you know when you walk into certain spaces and you can just feel the energy? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? oh there's no there's no no, no exchange necessary. Oh, no recognition,
0: oh. no understanding, no contact. Immediately
2: immediately you feel like everything freezes up around you. So moving into to Italy in Europe in general, because I was um, working a lot in also different um, countries in Europe, there were even less. You know? At the time, when I first started, there was Lawrence Steele, who had come from Prada, and he was working on his own collection. I think at the time. There was uh, Eric Wright. There was Eric Wright, who was, um, who was working with Carl Lagerfeld at the time. Mm-hmm. You felt, in a way, strangely enough, being there that they wanted to treat you special, okay, because you were few, and I, I was also American. So you know that was the time when Europeans were coming to America and Americans were going to Europe, and they were very excited to have this mm. kind of exchange. Right. It was a Very interesting period, if you remember. There were a lot of creative directors in Europe that were also also mm. American. It wasn't until m- many years later, actually. You know, the first stages of Bottega Veneta, they were allowing me to be, and they were allowing me to really do what I I, I needed to do. It was a very interesting
1: period because. Um, I also had... So you're you know, saying that you were being on a short leash for quite a while? Yeah,
2: I think the first, I would say the first period in development of Bottega, maybe this the first three years, um, I didn't feel any, um, you know, maybe it, it wasn't that, that I didn't feel anything. It was that I wasn't looking for it. Right.
0: Oh, okay,
2: fair enough. Yeah. I wasn't looking for it, you know? I was so... You focused know, on the job. Focused and on the doing. job and set, and and, 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 and I hadn't had that, that experience, you know? We had this conversation, you know, until much later that you start to realize you're in this industry, in the center of this industry, working in a, a um, doing a job that you love, that you, you put everything into, and on the other side, you start to realize they don't want
1: you there. They don't want you there. That's, well, that's interesting, because I'm trying to understand sort of when you started to have feelings of like, wait, it's, I, I thought it was like this, but however, it's like this. Now, did you think that Europe was where you could be rescued? Europe was a place where you could flourish and, and you couldn't do so in America? Did you feel that that was like a, a place to, you know, essentially a place to, to, to kind of make it happen and you could do so here? Or it didn't really feel like that? Was, or was it a case of at that time, we weren't computing in those ways, we weren't thinking in those ways? You know what? I think...
2: Uh, let, let's say this. When I was at Bottega Veneta, I had a title. And um, it's almost like, you know, you know, you get a tap on the shoulder. And so within the industry, because I had that title, I was able to ease in and out of places and situations. A much much easier than if I was approaching that job and they had the, the opportunity. I'd already gotten the job in America, mm-hmm. and when I arrived in, in Italy, it was like, okay, this is the designer for Bottega Veneta. I really realized, actually, after my Bottega Veneta years, you know? Towards the end of Bottega Veneta years, it started to become interesting because I started to work with stylists. Mm-hmm. I started to work with production companies that were doing the shows. Uh, you know, I had uh, you know uh, lots of,
1: uh, so many stories. I had well, yes. I, I, I <laughs> so, was the <laughs> There's so many stories. I bear witness to those. <laughs> sure, you start era. to
0: realize,
2: you know, during the casting process, you know, I had, you know there was, it was a very natural casting process for me because I was choosing the, the models that I thought were beautiful. But when you find yourself in a position when you're working with the stylist or even a casting director that says, I remember specifically the stylist that I was working with, um, a model named Noemi Lenoir, who, uh, who was from Martinique, and it was her very, very first season out. Beautiful, beautiful girl. And I booked her on 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 card, based on a card. I was sent the card. Um, actually, I was sent the card from New York, I think, from Daniel Peddler or Anita Pitten. And I was like, this girl I want. So, you know, we brought her to Milan. And the stylist that I was working with when we went
0: through and, and saw them, she said, oh, well, she, she looks cheap. Mm-hmm. What is, is that's code for me. That's so, um, I've had, do you know how many times throughout my career I've heard that, this idea, because I didn't start out in luxury, I start out started out in what we call in the UK high street. Right. Uh, that mm-hmm. was trying to emulate high fashion, so the Zara's, the h and exactly. that kind of mentality of we take what's on the catwalk, and it was always... She doesn't feel expensive enough. Right. We, this is We want the image to look expensive. Right. And it was never really direct. It was always about the image being expensive and right. what that meant. And because it wasn't a direct commentary on the person, the color, but I was always a bit like, there was something really triggering about it. Sure, and, and what does same, that mean? I was like in my twi- early 20s, I was like 21, 22, yeah. 23. But I knew there was something really triggering about it because that in and of itself is like, Mm. what is it that you're... Because it's this intangible quality that as a young creative and a young professional, you're a bit like, I don't know if I feel comfortable questioning this because I'm not sure I fully understand what you mean by that. But there's always something really triggering and I actually heard it about a year ago and I definitely... It was a different conversation. It was a different conversation because you knew, you were aware of it. I was very aware. Exactly. So context is is everything because the arc of your career and the arc of when you realize that totally. so many people are like yeah I used to grow up reading Vogue and wanting to be in fashion and then you get into this space and then you, it takes everyone a different journey to realize the triggers and the dog right. whistles and all of those things
1: Absolutely. it yeah. all has to be informed, <laughs> you
2: know? informed. and that's what you I'm saying in the beginning stages of my career it wasn't really necessarily informed
1: mm-hmm. you No, know? because right. I hadn't had the experience you right. Know? Right. so towards the end yes. I was like and let's be honest. In the, in, in the infancy of our career, we're giddy with excitement, you know. And we're, we all three of us happen to be um, uh, three people of color in this room who have been assimilated. Let's be honest over the years. You know, we 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 weren't necessarily um, all about race, race, race. We weren't seeing racial imagery uh, in all these places. I think a lot of it has like been illuminated sure. as you get older and as you really are able to dissect and see these things play out in front of you. You're like okay wait yeah. a minute but it, also, yeah. it also
0: comes with wisdom and with um, with experience with Experience. Yeah. when you start out now it's a different climate but could you even speak up no not when you're trying to pay your bills and like you're again the sure. only black person in the room or the department or the business
2: it's, just, yeah, it's that's such an early stage also you just don't have the strength to do it you,
0: exactly. don't, you
2: don't there's a you're you're, you're it's, you're in a very vulnerable position, mm-hmm. you know, you find. Absolutely. And, and, and I didn't start to realize that until I say the latter part of we'll Bottega to when all of these things started to take place, and also when I really started my own company. Then I had to make those phone calls. Then I had to deal with mm-hmm. those people. Then I had to start, I had to, to kind of, you know, you know, weave in, in and out between different companies, many different companies asking for certain things, you know, consulting. Then it all, all of a sudden it started to make sense to me that, wait, wait a minute. That this I'm,
1: image of you does. <laughs> it was something that's response.
2: not. Yeah, there's something that's not um, aligning here, and and also there are, are uh, my colleagues and, and, and encounters that um, have or had less experience than I have or uh, that are parallel to me are getting opportunities that are not being offered to me, or they're getting opportunities that were offered to me, and and they're they're receiving them, and when it happens. Once and twice you're like, okay, yeah, you, know, you know, it's worth but when it happens five, six, seven, ten times, you know, you start to wonder what in the hell is going on. Especially here. as
0: during that time you're amassing all yeah. of this experience. Yeah. And I think that leads me to my next point, which is I've always thought of you as like fashion's best kept secret. <laughs> because you are someone who just has such a major resume, but also Jason and I talk about rigor a lot the mm. rigor in the process the rigor of design and having an eye and references and being able to really design and this kind of really high elevated level of expertise which I think even the way that you specialize in knitwear is even more so because it's such a it's such an interesting process yeah you know, so most people exactly most people think of knitwear they think of sector a, jumper or a sweater as (laughs) I say here (laughs) but your ability to make it so many different things, you have knitwear that looks like denim you have Mm -hmm. knitwear that functions like performance you have all of these different uh, I just keep coming back to rigor, it's so Mm. impressive I would have thought that this would have been something that is so ridiculously celebrated, given how the industry loves to talk about the same five people as if they created fashion. <laughs> I don't know. How does that make you feel? In a in a um, least
2: uncomfortable way. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, best kept secret is a is a is a heavy title. <laughs>
1: Why? Well, <laughs> not, it shouldn't be that happy, no, right. heavy, so is it? No, it's the secrets and why? You no, you know why? You have <laughs> such
0: a storied career, and actually, to your point about you know the opportunities bypassing you, mm. it, that's where that comes from because you are an expert. You are so prolific, and so therefore, why are these opportunities being passed up? Like, mm. what do you think was happening?
2: Yeah, you know what? I uh, but to, to speak on, on 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 what you're saying, I. I, I still love design, you know, and a lot of people um, move into fashion design or become fashion designers because they love to shop, you know, mm-hmm. they, love, they love to put things on their body, they love to shop, but for me it was always about the, the technical aspects of design, so I started from, you know, I started from drawing, you know, and, um, and then I moved into to clothing. Um, I, was, I, I was never a, a technician initially for knitwear. I didn't start really learning knitwear until I was working at Bottega Veneta, I, the factory that I started to work with, she became my, essentially my mother, you know. I was able to take advantage of it was my, my school and luxury goods, you know, because prior to that, I didn't have that experience, so I was so curious, I wanted to learn everything about it. I wanted to learn the inside and the out, I wanted to learn, you know, how, how does this thread work, what is a warp and a weth, what is a, you know, how can you make this heavier, how can you make this lighter, so it was a process of exchange. Mm-hmm. What I offered her in terms of, of ideas and design, she offered me in technical Aspects of actually creating the knitwear, and so um, I arrive at a, at, a, at this point where you know I know that it's my medium. You know, there's something about knitwear that just works with me. It's it, it's 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 casual, but it can be precise. You start from a thread, you know, whereas a fabric you buy it and you cut it. You know, knitwear you have to create yeah. everything in three dimensions. You mm-hmm. know, and you have to really know it in order to understand what it can do. It's fickle. You know when you wash it, it shrinks. You know, And it can be something. You know, you can you can put sizing in it and it becomes stiff. You know, you can make it fluffy. You can make it light. You know, there's the possibilities are actually end, endless. And, and to your point, and it's really how I think about it because for me it's always necessary to take a set, second look because it's it's when you see something I always like the idea that oh well it looks like a denim jacket but then you touch it and it feels like it's wet mm-hmm. you know? So, so there's this really interesting play off of that. In the industry, um, people are always looking for network designers because it's one of those areas where you really have to know the technical, real technical aspects of it. I get passed up for many of those opportunities. <laughs> and um, even if I have been doing you know, Sansovito, for more than, Sansovito for more than 10 years and, and people know, you know, and I do get the call because they know that I am um, a go-to in it, where right. um, within the, the industry but but oftentimes times that never comes to head that it never it, the confirmation never comes and I am absolutely sure and I say this with confidence that we we within the industry fashion industry as a whole we are really dealing with a, a huge um, problem with, uh, racial, um, with racial racial bias, bias and, and and it's very clear and um not only from my experience, but you can see what's happening around you. You know that internally in these companies, and, you know, I work in Italy, and I know people that work in all of these companies, and um, from the outside, you know, they'll have their beautiful, you know, diverse casting right now, you know, they'll choose, you know, a, a, a Japanese girl or a black girl in their campaign, but, you know, inside of these companies are not diverse at all. They don't have diversity in their design teams. They don't have merchants, they don't have they don't have a diverse staff on the inside. And how can you fake being diverse on the outside when of the inside? So it's a lie, you know, you're lying.
0: But that's what makes it feel like a band-aid as well. I mean we've spoken about this on previous podcasts, the fact that in the creative and executive corridors there is a lack of diversity. So actually putting a black girl on the catwalk or in an ad campaign does nothing to solve the systemic issues yeah, it's ex- Exactly. Um, But do you feel like any of that is changing? Because, I mean, it's no secret that obviously fashion is having a real moment with blackness and black culture. And then you have things like the appointment of Virgil and, you know... Yeah, let's get your perspective Everyone on that. And like, do you feel like these are honest changes that are really going to move the needle? Well, they're
2: surely... they're still
0: personalities, these, these people. It's not like it's an unknown I, head absolutely. of marketing or an unknown HR person. Right. And it's like, these are very public-facing people. So yeah, they are public-facing
2: real? people, and, and um, oftentimes they're, they're public-facing people that um, have arrived by way of very public people. So, yes. celebrity yes. is is has control and is swinging the wand in in our industry as well. So, you know, uh, a company such as uh, Louis Vuitton Mo you know, it, it makes a lot of sense for them to align themselves with someone who has such attachment with celebrity. It, it wasn't odd to me, you know, the the um, the uh, appointment of Virgil. I know Virgil, and and um, And off-white, you know, in in a very short amount of time, Mm -hmm. you guys really, you know, it was throughout this industry, it spread like wildfire. Yeah, and and, um, listen, active sportswear or streetwear, you know, that that whole um, sector um, took over everything. It really took over everything. Um, You know, the 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 sweatshirt, the hooded sweatshirt, the t-shirts. Was, was the 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 item that you had to have, and it didn't matter whether it was it was mass market or contemporary or high street or, luxury. or Chanel. <laughs> it didn't matter what it was. Everyone had to have a part of that. So you know, from from that stance, it was very intelligent of Louis Vuitton and to really pull him in. You know, we we don't. You know, I don't have. You know, it's 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 hard. It's really hard to me. It's difficult to me to be um, for me to be really um, critical of the that position and what we think about luxury goods and, and you know fifteen years ago, you know, the playing fields have changed today. Absolutely. They they really have and, and
1: I thought and I still think it's an it was an important, a very important appointment. But pulling pulling the lens back, uh, pulling the lens back a bit now, uh, and and shining the spotlight on the industry as a whole with all the tremors and all the, the sort of buzz surrounding, you know, um, people of color and their influence, their current influence there, as as we all know that that seminal article that came out in Europe magazine a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago that has been highly highly topical um, um, in the in the business and. Uh, where a lot of people were spoken to, and a lot of people weighed in on the state of affairs in the business. Give us, a, give us your take on that, mm-hmm. based on your own experience, based on your network, and based on the the, the, the chatter that's out there. Sure. Uh, yeah, very interesting article, and and
2: you know each of those comments, you know, I think in one way or another we've all all had every experience probably discussed in that article at one point or or another in our careers. It seems as though we've started having this conversation that collectively people are really ready. It's like here, you know, at the bottom of your chain. Everyone is ready to have this conversation, you know? Everyone's ready to have this conversation, but it's also very confusing what we do and how we do it, you know? How do we collectively, you know... Uh, approach and attack you know this issue because in large scale guys I think we can have this conversation among ourselves you know and there are things that we can do but this conversation has to happen outside of people of color yeah, you know absolutely. It, it really this is the real problem you know because oftentimes we find ourselves talking amongst ourselves and, and, and there are things we can do you know within, within our our, um, our communities for one you know building our own Mm -hmm. freaking businesses you know building our own businesses my and i said the other day my name is on the door this is my company and i can call the shots here and if i fail or i succeed my name is still on the door so Mm -hmm. this makes a huge difference in in what i'm projecting for the future and what i have now because when you have your name on the door it is absolutely yours you know you know, of course, business is business. So you know there there are things that, that you know wave and come in. You know you're going to be collaborating with other people, but you know I wasn't taught when I was younger to and, uh, to
1: and how to build my own business. Well, maybe that's maybe that's, a, maybe that's a, a, a salient point that you're raising there. You know, were was our community taught to build these bridges? To build these alliances, to unify in the way that is actionable to be successful in business, particularly in business in the way that is structured now in places like America. I, I don't, I, that's what, I mean, are we are we educated in those ways? But you
0: do see that happening more so now. You've got the Laquan Smiths, the Amandis. Like, you see that there are these really amazing, viable businesses that are happening. and How viable are they, though? I don't know. I don't know the numbers. It's akin to the earlier stages of like an off-white. I mean, um, Laquan Smith mm-hmm. just did the ASOS deal, which is a really big deal. It's quite significant. Yeah, and he had like a FUBU situation happening too. And I saw. That. I don't know if that was a so. There's right, and you've got like Puma, and you've got a lot of brands that I think are really coming out of this need to be able to um, identify themselves and create their own path. Very mm-hmm. much like it happened in hip hop when it's like the record labels weren't signing us, so we created our own labels. Mm-hmm is that the solution? I don't know because it's like when we were talking about uh, this topic with Keyway, becomes this whole thing of like right but we can't all just like go off and like do our own thing and like have this thing over there it's still another sense of othering so while it's important that these brands and these companies are black owned and we have more black designers in the driver's seat there also does need to be a level of integration well, the solution can't just be like yeah. we're just gonna you know yeah, and, so, and, and so that's where that conversation that you're talking about outside of ourselves needs to happen because the interesting thing about the car Article was that these were not conversations that were new to anyone who is black in the industry. Like we've all thought it, we've all experienced it, we've all spoke about it amongst ourselves. What was interesting is that a um, prevalently white community of mm-hmm. the car and like their audience was now seeing the experiences that we've experienced. But even still it's like, who are we having these conversations with when everyone in the companies are still white? You know, it, it becomes yes. this whole thing of like, yeah, they're gonna take notice and then what at best hire like one or two more black people right but even then it's like when you're in the companies what rights do you have are you seen are you heard when things are called out like appropriation does that get taken notice of like it, it becomes it's a bit of a complicated web which is again to your point what are the next actual steps forward because right it just seems like we're
1: we're spinning. Talking about <laughs> <amongst, laughs> talking about <laughs> ourselves. Exactly. Talking
0: ourselves. Because it's not a simple HR quota. Because we've seen that people are getting hired, even to the Virgil point. That backlash when he did the video. For his first show, everyone was like, "But why are your team still? Or why?" Yeah. So That's like, actually a
1: real issue. And I, 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 I want to go on record to in be, this form. Hold on, I want to go on record in this form as saying so. People don't seem to talk about that, and somehow he can be very public about celebrating his team and not have representation in that in, in such a symbolic role. I, I, I don't. I'm, please, I, I'm not here to sort of like indict Virgil, uh, but I am here to indict this feature of his appointment that's absolutely wholly unacceptable
0: I mean I'm sure that there are nuances and context around that I think my point oh, no 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 don't excuse no, that no, <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not excusing it my, I'm, I'm not excusing it there's nuances and the context let's no. oh, no. not no let's not package it as in as in I'm not making I wasn't trying to make a very finite black and white point my only point was the larger idea that I was talking about which is the idea of the solutions because um you know, even once you're there, like we, I'd say the nuances in the context because mm. it might have been. I don't know what his agreement was. It might be right. you're like this is about you. Everyone else is then off white. You're using your our record. team. You're using our <laughs> manufacturers. Maybe you can have a black PA. Like I, we Constantly don't know. We don't know what he signed. with the contract or not? <laughs> be grateful for being here. You're still being paid half of what Kim Jones was. Like we don't know what the agreement was. That's what I'm talking about. Like once you get there. What are, what are the powers? You know, and so that's all I was trying to say. Right. I wasn't trying okay. to excuse anyone. <laughs> right. it was like, okay, why <laughs> I are <you> to <laughs> clean this <sun? laughs> up?
1: Yeah. Call it out.
0: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I mean, the level of tokenism in fashion is so rife that, you know, sometimes there, there, are, there is any there space for There are
2: power structures. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's power. It's about power.
1: Well, and that's the thing that I, I think outside of this, this industry, that's not understood. It's a very small industry. The cabals of our industry are on full display for people like us who are in the Paris's and are in the Milan's and are in the cities where you see them. You know, um, I get together right. and you see the power broking happening. It's a very small group of people who wield a great deal of authority and a great deal of influence in this in this business of fashion, and they. They don't usually take each other to task, sure. and so you know when we were talking about who's actually going to come to the table and start having these discussions and start um, raising those issues that was raised in this article, go beyond raising the issues, rather create solutions for the for, for, for some of the issues raised. Well, I can't say that these people are on our team and are going to be doing this anytime soon. soon. This is
2: why, Jason. We, this is why we we have to stop expecting a seat at the table. And I, I, this is what I'm talking about, having our own businesses. And that is not going to be the sole solution. But, you know, in, 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 in large part, you know, fashion businesses, we base our our fashion businesses and our companies from um, successful versions, versions such as, I don't know, Mark Jacobs or whatever else these are mm-hmm. successful companies that started from small, independent companies. But what maybe Telfar is doing or, or Laquan is doing Fall outside really of that True. kind of structure, True. and 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 we have to pay attention to yes, we do because we don't we don't have to follow that that pattern. You know, we don't have to do as as these successful versions of these mm-hmm. essentially white-owned companies were. You know, we we have a, a history in design. You know, we're intelligent. Uh, we we maybe don't have or haven't had that you know technical <laughs> business. Um, 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 history of background some of us do right. but um, there are other ways there are other ways and especially in
1: this age where let's be honest you don't need a, a rigorous design process to achieve uh, you know a brand that sells multi-million dollars worth of products let's be honest you can right. you can make a t-shirt company happen uh, on right. a very successful level
0: but then to that end what is your because we just spoke about rigor and process mm-hmm. and your level of expertise yeah. which Makes you seem a bit like a purist mm. in this kind of digital social media curation age. It's like mm. you don't even have to be a designer or a curator of, of some sort. Yeah, um, is that lack of process that's becoming really successful? Is that bothersome to you? Um,
2: no, not bothersome. I sometimes fear the conversation about myself, first of all, in the sense in the, the um, in, in the sense that I, I would rather. Um, do the work and, and be happy with the work, um, even if others appreciate it. But really, be happy inside about what it is that is I'm creating, and and move on with it, and um, and not have any. any That's not the energy of the times I'm afraid.
1: That is, like, it is yeah. really it's really yeah. anti the energy of the yeah. times. I know. But, but you
2: know, I, this I is
0: very. understand it though.
2: It's very. It's very. Um, uh, it's somehow. It's very personal, um, Jason, and, I, and you know how I am, I, I really, I, I get so excited when I, when, I, when, I, when I, even something on paper, when I create something on paper, you know, an idea that I have that I've, I've sussed out and I've seen some swatches of, you know, I get really, really excited and it's like, wow, you know, this is like really great, you know, and I, I don't need someone to necessarily tell me, oh, Edward, that's great too i'm a business i'm running a business you know and, and and a business you know in terms of how the business operates has to be circular but um, i've always been this way and and i i've never needed the the the, the you know i've never needed the the the, the blow up but um, which is i know uh, you know it, it's really it's really not um, <laughs> it's really not the way that you <laughs> you build it's a, enormously
0: um, grow we're... Yeah Confidence that you've benchmarked your own levels of success and what that means to you and what your business should look well, like. Well, well, no, I want to
1: challenge that though. I mean, is it confidence or is it fear? You know, if it is it confidence um, like, okay, you're confident that you just, you know, you created something that you're happy with, but is it fear that you don't step out there into the world to try to, like, you know, to to to, to make this, to mm. broadcast this and to promote this and to market this and make everyone know that this is the best thing on the planet because in many ways that's the Age that we're uh, we're in, if it doesn't appear on Instagram in a in a hyped up fashion, Did it even didn't happen? even happen. You know, so in many ways, is that energy? What does this energy say about the time? It does it say you don't want to play the game. Or you know you are you are just content and happy, just in your you know cul-de-sac, living your life, creating
2: beautiful. Things. Yeah, I can't say that I don't want to play the game. I know the game, you know. But um, I, I think that a really interesting thing happened um, with in my mind with with um, regards to creating product and selling product and, and creating a business. And, and um, after the elections, um, I think we had this conversation before. But after the elections. Um, Trump
0: won. Were you like I'm staying in Milan for sure? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, so, exactly. When this happened, um, there a certain there was a certain energy, and, I, and, I, and, and Facebook I like a lot because I, I, I can um, I can play off of and kind of um, eavesdrop and, and, and see a lot of things that are going on, and, and people really speak freely um, often. And a lot of the people, my friends in New York, who I had spent time with and become quite um, social with at the time. Gay men, a lot of them. I, I saw something that I had never seen before in this communication, in this election process, and and, and I always thought, you know, I'm I'm a black man, um, and I have those issues um, in terms of how we, you know, how we um, weave ourselves through the world. But um, I always thought that the gay community was there. You know? mm-hmm. I thought I always thought that that was that we were, you know, we were like strong, and, and I saw a real. Separation in that process that was, you know, the, all these conversations with Bernie and Hillary, everyone was taking sides and, and, um, I thought to myself, I never want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to rely on anything. Mm. You know, I don't want to have to rely on, on, on just being, a, a, a part of that community because I am that community. I really, and, and my creative process is like this as well. I really want to do what I want to do and I know that, you know, I'm a consultant um, for different companies and uh, being a consultant for a different company, you have to solve problems, you know? So one day I have to solve this problem, another day I have to solve this problem, and and when I solve those problems, I get paid for solving that problem. With my company, I want to do what the fuck I want to do. And, and and this could be problematic, you know, in the future. I've been doing it for 12 years. I know exactly what Sansovito 6 is. I know what I want it to be possibly in the future, and I just continue working hard in order to arrive at that point it's it's um it's maybe not the best (laughs) you know kind of organizational structure to have for a company well but i really i really um, am i love
0: uh, you've not compromised yourself and what you believe in because i do believe that even i struggle sometimes when i'm like oh i don't have the personality to like be in fashion because i'm not about that selfie life or i'm not uh, trying to like self-promote or like operate quote unquote that's the palette that's the PC way sure. of saying it um, because that is apparently how you get ahead or how you get along and so it is actually really refreshing to see someone who's been in the game for so long who actually is like I'm not going to compromise that level of who I am and what I want to do I could still win at this game no you're, not, well, you're, wait, looking, at, you're round, looking at me like I'm saying something well, The river
2: always also comes from wow. trial and error you know you know i I've, i as i said i've been you know my company has been like you know closed and opened and closed you know i've i've gone from you know you know having a collection which was all fully fashioned and very very expensive to trying out jersey just to add price points in i'm i'm saying i've learned the game you know what i mean and how the game should work and how to structure a collection you know that all of those things were were um, all of those experiences that i had were super useful in, in
1: assisting how I understand the operation of a business. Mm-hmm. I still think that there's a generational there's a generational issue here though. I, I I do and you know and funny enough, what we're talking about here, this is something that we haven't really spoken about into so right, This is, I'm, I'm getting a little yeah. a little different side in our in our nice. discussion here. And I gotta tell you, I gotta call you out. I think Nothing, please. You've always held your integrity, and I'm all about integrity. Sometimes it seems, <laughs> sometimes I think people are sort of not clear where I stand on some of these issues. I'm all about the integrity, please. I mean, you know me. You know my 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 interests. What I'm interested in, in terms of quality, in terms of design, and all those sort of things. What I put on my body, oh God, no. We will not. We will never compromise. And what I hold in high esteem, I will never compromise. But I, when would I
0: never think about your that anyone would question your um, integrity. I mean, you don't even like casual wear. <laughs> well
1: fair enough. But when it comes to certain when it comes to business though, and when it comes to a lot of these business conversations, I'm pretty rigid in 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 the parameters of, of how things work. And I find that in this age, and particularly my generation, we talk about the generation generational things a lot in this forum, in terms of how people in, in terms of how things are viewed. And I do think that our generation while they speak to the integrity and that's that goes without saying i think oftentimes though that there is a lack of sort of like understanding of the new age this particularly the digital age how to navigate the digital age it's with all the features that could potentially help someone be successful in business now and let's be honest there's so many different so many different tools so even in speaking about the integrity and wanting to do what you want to do Ultimately, you're doing what you want to do in order to sell product. But are you then seeking, um, exhuming all the different options in terms of how we communicate and how we sell to, our, to audiences in this age? And I, I'm not indicting you, but I will say that this our generation has have issues with that. Yeah, and it's a choice
2: it's a choice okay. it's a clear choice okay. it's a clear choice it, it, and I, I, I completely understand that and it's not that I've overlooked digital I'm very aware of what's going on I use it you know I use it and I use it for my company as well it is um, a, a,
1: a choice not to necessarily use it in the way that a lot of companies. For example, Edward, I've never seen really a celebrity on your feed no. in any of your clothing. And let's be no. honest, you know, celebrities are considered a shortcut endorsement to um, you know for your for your brand. And it's interesting that you have a dog. And I, I have that. celebrities that, that, that buy the clothing I don't I
2: don't give celebrities clothing. Mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm I'm a small business. I can't necessarily afford <laughs> to hmm. give celebrities clothing, you know, and there I and I'm 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 in love with popular culture and the idea of public culture. Like, he knows, you we were talking about this before. I, you know, I will run to an envelope opening if I something interesting happening. <laughs> <And> you do, <laughs> and I <Yeah. but>, uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> run. <laughs> <laughs> social but, animal that you are. Oh my God, I'm exhausted from but, the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think all of those things should happen in in an honest fashion, and um, it's the way that I do it. It, it doesn't say that it's it's the way that it's right for everyone, and, I, and I'm not even
1: saying that it's. You know, necessarily why for me, but it's, it feels honest as the choice you have made. Now, what are the advantages of being in Milan all of these years that like you have? You know, my. Impression of Italy, uh, including Milan, is that it's not the most racially um, inclusive uh, city. And considering all the 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 racial issues that we are dealing with, never mind the migratory issues that Italy is dealing with, and then the, the blowback of that Europe for that matter. What? Um, what happened? The advantages for you, particularly in these recent times,
0: and also it's not the most digitally progressive either. It's almost like a double whammy. Yeah, that's
2: true. It's yeah, true. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've created a real community, as you know, um, in, in Italy. Um, have very close friends, very close, loyal friends. Um, a small group of them, but but very close, loyal friends. Um, some industry based, some exterior of industry. I know that because my experience in large part is only being in Europe and especially only being in Italy, that wall that I run to, that I'm running into, um, is, is, really, is really happening there. I mean, there's, there, there's, um, there's actually in the work place, in the workspace, in fashion, mm-hmm. few, very few people of color in Italy working. Um, I am, I'm, I I can even count them on, you know, dividing up in one finger. It's a real, it's a real issue. And, and I, I know right now in, in the, the period that we're in now, um, I really realize it, you know, I, I changed business partners, you know, moving into, you know, you know, looking or, or searching more consultancies and, and I'm getting very, very few, um,
1: active responses in, yeah. in in placement. You know what, the one thing I'm thinking about, I wonder in the, the designer fashion world that largely um, focuses in Europe, has that been a part of the challenge in terms of like diversity in companies and so on and so forth? Is it because they're, say, in France and in England, those are, like say, the, the, the two uh, nerve centers, is it because they're, they're too removed and the average consumer doesn't necessarily understand? When I'm talking the average consumer, in this case, we're talking about, let's say, Americans who are asking or looking for greater representation when it's not there. Is it not challenger-level challenger because they don't even know the corridors to challenge? You know they they can't they kind of go to you know Louis Vuitton HQ and start you know and start protesting or go to one of the major Italian companies Max Mara or Gucci or whatever and start well, why can't that stems, challenge happen? I think it's
0: a cultural it stems from like the culture and also the the I do think that the fact that it's not as digitally progressive it's not necessarily as plugged into the rest of the world in the same way that They always say things happen first in the US. That's always been the case. And then it arcs over to the UK and the rest of Europe. I don't believe that's true anymore because of digital and social media. But in some way, the US remains ahead of the curve. But it's like, if you don't have to, it's almost the H&Ms, the Pepsis, that if you don't have to apologise or if you don't have to be held accountable, like, you just won't. You just won't. (laughs) And so it's like, if you are a, you know, Herculean company, like the ones that... The big houses in Europe and Milan, like if no one is trying to hold you accountable, banging right. down those doors, right. yeah, yeah, then, right. and you see it with Gucci, right. it's like sure. the dapperdam situation, like that had to happen because people in the US were, were mad right. if it wasn't for that component, of would anyone have even acknowledged it? And I think that that has a, it's quite insular in that way, I think, well, being in Milan, Italy, France.
2: Yeah, and you if you feel it, you know, because you know what what um what what you're saying is that how they're watching you know America or they're watching you know what what happens within certain um certain cultures, but you know you felt a real wave of 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 of, of companies you know small and large in Italy specifically, as I could talk about um, Italy as I lived there, but our culture you know black culture is cool, you know we had we have a great music um. Um, a history of music um, we have uh, a great um, history of style and, and, and the way that we dress and if they want to latch onto to that cool <laughs> which large, in large part many companies have done to, for them by doing that you know, they're just going to pull from it, you know, they'll put you know, within their casting or they'll put up front you know, some, some placemats of what they think is, is that cool And then they move on with it, you know? And they don't feel like they necessarily have to have anything internally,
1: you know? Because for them, it's just,
2: you know, it's just showing you that, you know, they can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, if it happens to be, I don't know, you know, that we're having a a real uh, Japanese moment <laughs> you know they're just going to take those pieces
1: and like thank you them, and goodbye and they're going to put that up front so and they're going to move it what is the, fine you spoke about inter we spoke about how, what we should do to unify and how that will help our own businesses and so forth but as uh, Henrietta says I mean integration is definitely a part of it as well but guys like we keep I know I keep independently talking to both of you about these issues but where is the bridge to the, to the to the to the power base where where is that bridge when are we gonna actually when are they gonna start at least some of them are gonna start understanding the real position and impact those change what's your forecast on that
2: I think we're not we're we're not going to um, arrive there by constantly attempting to be accepted in their power structures okay it's just impossible because no matter how much we try <laughs> and no matter how much we try to force ourselves within those systems, we find ourselves in, 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 in different uh, levels unaccepted within their systems. So my attempt is to always talk about it, be very, very vocal in, in my conversation. So as I'm not vocal necessarily about, you know, the, the, the fashion work that I do, you know, I'm very vocal. About on social media, about you know those types of um, issues, but I think we we really in terms of how we educate. I mean, education is is, is, is key yeah, in, in understanding how to build how to build our own businesses, how to build yeah. our own companies, how to to manage. You know, you know, I, did, I didn't I didn't even learn how to you know balance a checkbook. You know, I mean, like we didn't have these you know these
0: these. These, That's, uh, just life, that That's just needed need yeah. that in life. That's just needed in life across yeah. all yeah. industries. Yeah.
1: And I don't mean to crack this nut open, but I have. I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh-huh. you. You came to New York to do, to be a part of a panel at the Schomburg uh, mm-hmm. Center, um, and that subject was essentially black voices in queer in voices, queer voices in fashion. And as I said, this <laughs> this I, I did feel that some of the issues um was we didn't have time to get to some of the issues in that discussion, right. and now that we will in this one, uh, but I do want to raise a couple uh, raise a couple points. Uh-huh. So you know yeah. we're talking. About about the, you know, the black situation primarily queer is attached to the conversation at least in the titling right. but in many ways and I think you mentioned that in our sort of aside conversation that actually queer doesn't Queer doesn't even belong in this because there are no issues with queer and yeah. fashion. There, yeah. there are really no issues with queer and fashion, yeah. but it's like it's the, the issues really surround the race and sure. surrounding black. I thought that was a I thought that was a, a, an interesting parsing parsing of those two things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a much if you want to go into the queer. It's a much larger conversation because I don't
2: know you know, uh, queers of color. You know, or if you want to talk about white fears, you know, once they got what they wanted. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know?
1: just shoved us to the side. And let's talk about what they wanted. They wanted assimilation. Mm-hmm. They wanted marriage equality. They wanted to be able to uh, have and adopt children. And all of those sort of assimilated features that, um, that shows acceptance or at least, you know, uh, the, the image of acceptance. And yes, once those things were a- achieved and attained, like, forget about the transsexual movement. Forget about the people of color inclusion and all of those sort of things. No, it did not. It did not include. Um, it did not include beyond that. Right of course and, oh, yeah wasn't. so that subject in you know black queers
2: we on stage we were all you know queer let's mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. and um, it was essentially a conversation really about that you know I, it, it, it could have gone you know more into that we would have needed you know a week to actually have that full conversation but it ended up being you know really necessary. I mean, a conversation about you know you know our experiences, mm-hmm. and then a, a short playoff. And I think you know it could have run longer, as we said. You know it could have we could have had yeah. more time to really you know, more
1: time if needed that.
0: on all of these conversations. Uh, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad that conversations are being had, in, and in the article that we mentioned in, in the cut. I'm glad that these issues are more than percolating now. There there, there seems to be it's a platform it's a
0: no. I, f- I feel like it seems to be on the forefront, and then being totally really the rallying together to build some sort of platform to really amplify those voices. Like, people should be scared.
1: But I do think that it's these kind of conversations and moving these conversations into the companies where they're actually discussing them in their boardrooms and so forth. These are the kind of conversations that are going to um, take these organizations to task and keep them accountable to yeah. making those For internal sure. if changes. Are, right. you right.
0: white-run company hiring exclusively white people, it's like, be worried, because you your business won't be viable okay. in the next five to ten years. Okay, exactly. And
2: people, people, okay. people are not no longer afraid to call those things out. None so so headhunters, very, very important. Headhunters, head th- head th- headhunters are really the filter, you know, in, in in large part to all of these companies. You know, a lot of companies even wanted to stop working with headhunters in terms of expense and stuff. Right. But but for for corporate positions, they are really the filter. And what ends up happening is that. <clears throat> they decide that you don't have the face exactly. of what they think is the face that they
1: require for this brand. Exactly. So you immediately... By the way, those head... Those headhunters have not been touched. No, no, no one has. No one has gotten close to their doorway. No, no. So let's 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 <laughs> mark this spot, yeah. and and and, and th- we may very well be revisiting this issue soon. That 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 spot is huge. Yeah. That's a very actionable mm-hmm. point of change.
0: We'll a hundred percent be revisiting almost everything we spoke about, including our conversation with you, Edward. Thank <laughs> you world. so much. Thank you You're so much. Welcome.
1: We can carry on and carry on, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we got some. Um, we we, we we got to the meat of the matter of some of these issues for sure. Thank you for having. Thank you, Thank you so much for Yay. your time this morning.